All right, let's keep cranking. Um, got a fun show today. Uh, as you all know, we love hearing from you in the comments. We read as many comments as we can, and then we share some of the things you're saying uh, in the audience. So the question for today is just a fun, simple one. What is your favorite family recipe? Uh, share a picture if you can. I know there's some some chefs, some cooks, some, some kitchen dilettantes uh, out there. Uh, so share those family recipes. Um, love seeing some pics. Um, Thanks for, thanks for hanging out. Y'all, uh, the Daily Dose game started yesterday, and that was fun. <laughs> oh my, I've never seen so many little chat groups and, and replies and, and confused faces. It was just so much fun, y'all. Um, we've got to save the Daily Doser from the future. Uh, she's trapped. We've got to bring her back. Um, you know, so there might be another transmission today. Uh, stay tuned. Um, uh, Clemente will pin the, uh, the instructions for the game and what's going on. So in case, uh, you're new, you can check that out. Um, can't wait to see you solve the second clue. All right. We're going to keep cranking. Uh, we're also trying to get the daily dose back up on the stage. Um, uh, Twitter spaces is always, is always, uh, making our life hard. So we'll, we'll see if we can do that. Um, all right. So, uh, let's get rocking. Uh, we as always have the Mintify market report. Y'all know that I'm a big fan of Mintify as a tool. Uh, we used it a lot at, uh, 121G my funds, which is how I found it. And, uh, it's got just a ton of good analytics and data. It's got a great user experience. They've also got a lifetime NFT pass. Uh, check them out at mintify.xyz. Uh, let's uh, let's hear the intro, the voice, and we'll then we'll hit it. Is the market up? Is the market down? Let's find out as we look at the market daily report brought to you by Mintify, the NFT terminal for flow traders. Mintify. Love it. Love the new intro. It's exciting. I appreciate it. Over to you, Mintify. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for that, as always. Yeah, let's get into this uh, market report for today. The total 24-hour volume, 27.5 million. Highest sale, 286.69 ETH for CryptoPunk, 76.74. The top collections for volume, Bored Apes, number one, just under 1K ETH, traded 69.4 ETH floor price down just under 5%. Mutant Apes, 777 ETH traded 15.4 ETH floor price down 3.5%. And Board Ape Kettle Club, number three, 550 ETH traded 7.49 ETH floor price down 6.4%. The top gainers, Hyperion, up 139%. And Merge VV by uh, Jack Butcher, up just under 100%. The top losers, Fruit Loops, down 88%, and Angry Apes, down 73%. Some noteworthy market updates. Digital Currency Group uh, is suspending dividends amid distress at its lending platform, Genesis. Silvergate Bank reports a $1 billion net loss in Q4. They had a lot of withdrawals uh, late last year. And Bank of America says that CBDCs are the future of money and payments. With crypto continuing to consolidate on the highs, Ethereum right around 1593, up about 1.5% on the day. Lastly, in just a moment, I'll pin up a short thread that we shared yesterday about the upcoming Ethereum Shanghai upgrade, which will allow stakers to begin withdrawing their lock tokens that have been locked for quite some time. Thank you very much, and back to you guys. Thanks, Mintify. Appreciate you uh, bringing the news, um, the market analysis and reports. Um, as you all know, we really want uh, to do a couple things for you in this space. We want to educate you. Uh, we want to make sure that you have uh, important news, that you know what's going on in the Web3 industry. We want to connect you uh, to each other. Uh, we want to support you um, and, uh, you know, hopefully make you laugh a little bit and enjoy your day. Um, it, Please hop in the comments and look for other daily dosers that are commenting. Give them a follow. Give them a reply. Uh, you know, just start building out those relationships. Um, Twitter spaces will often put you next to a neighbor that you, you start seeing often. And I'd encourage you to say hello to them and give them a follow. Um, yeah, I've seen some fun family recipes already. Uh, Daniela 
who has a really cute little moonbird with purple glasses uh, says paella with my husband's family and uh, i think it's the way the photo shot but it but it looks like the the dish of paella is larger than her so it's pretty amazing uh pretty excited about that uh mp uh has a yummy picture and i think i pronounced this right it's uh, care care uh which is like like a really yummy dish uh dolce boy uh says goulash for the win uh and it looks really yummy um mikhail is showing a nice picture of a bagel looks very healthy it says my wife makes the best breakfast food and sandwiches <laughs> i love it um it's fun to see what y'all your favorite family recipes um let's go up next to the lucky trader news uh, you all know that I love Lucky Trader. I go to LuckyTrader.com all the time. They've got a great team uh, that's doing comprehensive news sourcing and coverage. Uh, they're covering everything that's going on with major projects and trends, big brands, what personalities and influencers are up to. Uh, and as you all know, they've got a new Twitter space called the Lucky Lead-In uh, right before the show. So uh, let's welcome to the show. It's time for the Daily Dose News. A summary of news from around the Web3 world, brought to you by Lucky Trader. Love it. Thanks. I don't know why Matt's crying. Rusty, are you minute. okay? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The voice. That's it. We're <laughs> going to have to have a word outside. The, here, the I, gets a super sweet new intro, and here we are, <laughs> Lucky Trader. The does summary around the Web3 world. <laughs> Rusty, we're going to kick you off stage in a second. I thought that, I thought that was nice. Uh, Let me just no, say that, I Rusty, loved but, it. I'm just getting jealous over here. Here's what I say before you get jealous. You should always check your DMs. So that's that's what I have to say. Oh, there, there we go. A little salty. Uh, the voice, we appreciate you, Restivo. Uh, we appreciate go back, you. Go back voice. to your corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we definitely look forward to our new techno version of our intro. <laughs> Everyone, welcome to Lucky Traders' top news stories for today. NFT market volume steady at 20,000 ETH for a second day in a row ahead of today's major slate of mints spanning meme cards, art blocks curated, and the BAYC sewer passes. Those Yuga NFTs fell 2 to 10% in trading yesterday after the sewer pass delay, as Mintify covered, and now most eyes turn to how that mint will fare today. Seed Phrase completed another Crypto Punk for Wolf Game trade yesterday, trading a nice punk for three plots of rare Wolf Game land plots. This is now the second punk for Wolf Game land trade he has made in the past two weeks. Nouns are launching the first Nouns comic starting in North America and Europe. The comic will be published in collaboration with Comics Titan and Comics Dow, and the Nouns team described the comic as the first ever mass market publishing project based on a Web3 venture. Rug Radio is set to begin its Listen to Earn program today in its morning spaces. The Rug Radio Listen to Earn program is a subset of its Participate to Govern loyalty rewards program, which rewards members for engaging and sharing about the project. And in Metaverse news, the World Economic Forum launched its own Metaverse yesterday at, the, at their annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland, called the Global Collaboration Village and created in partnership with Accenture and Microsoft the WEF created what is calling what it's calling the first global purpose-driven metaverse platform. The virtual village has been designed to function and resemble the actual Swiss town of Davos, and the people in it attending conferences and exploring are doing so as avatars. Klaus Schwab, founder and exec chair of the WEF, commented, to create mass adoption, the metaverse must show that it is not just a replacement for what we already do, but that it enables us to do things in new and more effective ways. Huge story out of the WEF, Ryan. And quick side note, I know that name, Global Collaboration Village, was created by the consultants over at Accenture. It's the most consultant name ever. Um, I've got a background over there, too. But that's <laughs> it for today. I agree. I agree. It's just kind of lacking that sexiness, isn't it? Um, that 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 makes you want to be there thing. So, you know, I think we're trying. We're trying to get there, y'all. That's going to take a little while. Um so uh, let's get let's just keep going. We've got a lot of interesting things to chit chat. Uh, seeing some amazing food recipes and and food picks, y'all coming from everybody in the audience. Uh, Sandy says uh, best apple pie hands down. Like with a picture that just looks amazing. It's like art, you know. Um, love it. Cat uh, says my grandfather's New Year's fruit cake that we make every year during Christmas and send it. To all our family and friends, such a labor of love. And then there's like a picture of, there's like 35 of these in the oven. 
<laughs> so I think that's amazing. Love it. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's kick it off with our market discussion today. Web3 marketing and customer acquisition strategies and who founders should prioritize and onboarding their ecosystem. That's what we want to talk about today. You know, how are we thinking about customer acquisition? How are founders prioritizing who to onboard into their communities and their uh, projects? And I'm kind of curious, do we think that Web3 companies are going to start doing and employing the same strategies that we saw in Web2? A couple examples that we are all watching here, Uh, Dookie Dash, which I I don't know how many times I have to say that uh, as an adult, but I said it again, uh, by Board Ape Yacht Club, uh, really seems like it's made for existing web three participants, right? It's, you gotta be in the know, you gotta be pretty web three native. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to get into unless you're already here and you're pretty deep in web three. Uh, but then we've seen founders take a, the route of indirectly onboarding the masses using content, right? So we're seeing pudgy pe- penguins. Uh, they've got 265,000 followers on Instagram. They've got a team literally dedicated to adding gifts to Giphy, right? Sappy Seals recently uh, built their AI meme machine. We had them on the show, talked about that. Uh, and we're seeing what Frank's doing uh, with Utes, uh, bringing it to Polygon, um, and really wanted to make that easier to onboard uh, folks. So we're seeing all sorts of strategies here. And uh, I, I think the question I want to ask is, since a founder has so, only so many resources to run the business, how important is it for a project to onboard new participants to their ecosystem versus activating their existing community? Should they prioritize existing Web3 participants or onboard brand new folks? So let's chit chat a little about this and, uh, and, and, and get a read from the speakers. Um, also from the room, uh, would really love uh, to hear everyone's take on this in the audience. Um, how important is it for projects to bring on those brand new Web3 folks that are are just curious about Web3 and are coming in versus just activating the current Web3 community. Uh, let's go to Laguna first. Hello. Good morning. I have two examples from each side of the spectrum. The first is Frank, who has had several conversations on Twitter spaces around this topic and has really focused on his existing holders. And that's a large reason for their recovery from last year of being a project that everyone thought you know, it was a rug or wasn't performing. And he really focused and doubled down on his existing holders. And I think that's like a good strategy. And then you appeal to people outside of your existing holders along the way. The other side of the, of the fence is BFF, who onboarded, you know, thousands of women in January, February of 2022, with a strategy that was completely Web2 focused, uh, you know, a, a conference with a lot of big names, big celebrities, Uh, Everyone made their own wallet. They got airdropped the bracelets and it was a big, exciting moment. And a lot of those people are still in the space. And honestly, I think that any founder needs a bit of both. In 2023, you need to find some really strong existing holders in the space who can carry your culture. But then you need to find new people because we are at a space where we are not growing and there are only so many people who can be interested in your your project or your community. And you need to find some new people in order to be able to grow. Yep. I hear you loud and clear. Um, appreciate your, your your viewpoint. I uh, respect you as a community builder. So thanks uh, for stopping by on that. Um, let's go up next to Mamba. Hello. Welcome. What's going on, uh, Ryan? What's going on? Welcome. Monday. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so I do think it's uh, super important to bring on both um existing like nft uh people and like crypto people in general uh because i do think the nft people obviously understand you know how to purchase nfts um and kind of the things to look for in a good project but also like well i mean outside of crypto people also the uh the mainstream as well uh but with crypto people that aren't into NFTs, I think there might be easier to onboard into NFTs, but also you want to attract people that are mainstream so you can kind of teach them the ways, teach them what Web3 is all about. Um, And yeah, so that's pretty much uh, what I had to say with that. Thanks, Mamba. Appreciate it. Um, I think it's been fascinating to build this Daily Dose community with you all and to see 
how we're, we're attracting a lot of folks that are adjacent to, to many of you that were Web3 native. Um, and I think the reason why it's happening is a couple of reasons, right? So uh, we've always wanted the show to be friendly and inclusive, something that you could play out loud around your family um, and they w- would find it interesting and accessible and, uh, you know, kind of draw them in. I think that's starting to happen. We're hearing a lot of partners and friends and, you know, brothers and sisters kind of join the show, which is cool. But also, uh, I do think that, you know, early on the, the Poap Mint dynamic was, was fairly easy to do, right? This idea of you just download an app and you, you know, you put in a code, right? You, you're not sort of worried about creating a wallet or, or you're not paying any gas fees. It, I think Poap did do a really good job of making that uh, collectible feeling pretty accessible. You still, you had to know like, what is a Poap, which is kind of weird to explain and you have to download, download an app. So there was friction there, but it, it was a pretty easy, fun way to collect something and join a community. Right. Um, and so I, I do think that has played a big role and, and you all joining this community and being a part of it. And so I think we'll continue to see that type of community building, you know, carry on in the future. Also, we, we've been very uh, intentional about not token gating this community and, and saying, you got to have this PFP or that PFP, or you even have to know what NFTs are. Right, just listen and have fun and, and join the show. Um, so we'll probably see those kind of methodologies continue in the future. Um, Clemente, go ahead. Yeah, and it's interesting to think about what with this whole discussion is like what's what's the ask, right? Uh, the the problem with a lot of these uh, existing projects when they think marketing and when they think bringing more people into their ecosystem to buy their NFT, the ask is pretty big, right? It's like the ask is okay. You got to spend, for example, three thousand dollars to buy into our project. <laughs> And what do you get in return? Okay, you get some. So you get you post about us on Twitter. We'll post. We'll uh, we'll retweet you. You get a bunch of followers. You get to be a part of this community. You get access to a token. Whatever it is, right? Um, the funny thing is about, and the interesting thing about the daily dose, and like what Pudgy Penguins is doing, for example, is Pudgy Penguins' content on Instagram. The ask is really simple. You consume, and the daily dose, for example, the ask is pretty simple. You you get to kind of squeeze as much juice as you want out of this lemon that mm. is the community that is poaps right and and that kind of happens over time but it it'll be interesting to see where these projects go from here and how and if and I'm curious what you think as like an entrepreneur if some of these projects will start employing things like hey what's our holder acquisition cost hey how do we bring these people in and actually spending money and budgeting for bringing people into their ecosystem yeah, it's. I think I think we're seeing the re-entrant of the freemium model, right? So, um, uh, actually, we'll do maybe do two nerd alerts today. Let's actually do a nerd alert. It's time for the nerd alert. Thanks, the voice. So, uh, let's talk about the term freemium. So, a lot of you coming from Web two will know what this is, but. Uh, in case the term is new to you, what it means is this, is that you launch a business by offering a free product uh, that is useful, uh, that is worth having, um, and you make the friction zero by making it free, right? We actually uh, uh, saw this really kind of take root early on with uh, photo sharing apps like Flickr, uh, literally free to use. Uh, Everyone started storing their photos there, um, and then we, we saw it really take hold uh, after that. And I actually think we're kind of going back to that in web three, you know, we started off with this idea of paid mints, right? Uh, folks just wanted to get in the, the mint was X, Y, Z ETH. Right. Um, and then you were in the community and then you expected value. Uh, and now we're seeing a lot of us, including the project we're launching, have a free mint, right? The idea is let's, let's deliver you value to you. Let's, let's, let's try to delight you. You know, let's actually build something that's, that's worth being a part of. And then at some point, you know, uh, maybe we'll have revenue from that. And I, let me back up. I want to state clearly our plan is to never monetize daily dose. So we're never going to extract value from you or, or drop a mint and ask you to pay for it. That's not what we're about. But, but I think a lot of projects are going to go that way of, of offering a free mint and then having follow on value uh, after that. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that works. Um, I think, I think enjoying content, uh, and having that be free is still a a very large, um, strategy that's going to work. 
Um, so we'll see how the freemium model plays back into Web3. Um, uh, let's go to hands and actually we'll do, a, after that, another nerd alert. Let's go to Alan. Good morning. Thank you. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, so I think, thank you very much. Um, I think this question about, uh, you know, existing users versus onboarding new people, I think there's, it depends obviously on the project to state the obvious, right? But I think there's kind of three categories and the answer is all of the above. And, and the first one I'll note is artists. I think artists need to be more sensitive to new user onboarding than anybody else in any project because they're the ones just trying to right, make a living and get their art out there. So they need to be looking at this holistically as anybody and everybody that I can get in here, new, old, um, current, existing, et cetera, that needs to be on the forefront of their plan. And then I think number two, most projects don't run themselves like a business. They don't have SWOT analysis. They don't have pro formas. They haven't gone through the, the spreadsheet of business planning, which is a total shame and why we see so many things just kind of, you know, do what they do. But in any business, looking at this is going to say, okay, who are my existing customers? What percentage of the market is that? And who are the new customers that I can onboard or bring into the space, right? Mm. And then last is, again, everybody, you know, think, I think of Mintify, it's a tool for traders, right? And yeah, sure, they, they can focus on that, that can be their bread and butter, but it wouldn't shock me if they have plans and thoughts and ideas in the back room of, okay, if Coinbase can bring NFTs to customers, how do we bring trading to consumers? How do you, know, how do you onboard new people from outside the space as opposed to just being a tool for people already in the space? So right. that's it, I'm done. Yeah, thanks, Alan, appreciate it. Um, we're seeing a lot of good comments, uh, come from y'all who are listening. Uh, Biggie says it's tricky to get the mix, right? It's so important to grow, but it's also important to keep early investors happily happy. Ideally a 50, 50 prioritization would be awesome. Um, and we're seeing a lot of comments from you on the audience saying, you know, it's going to be a mix. Um, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, so I appreciate the comments so far. Uh, let's go to GM Barry. Hello. GM, GM, Ryan, how are you going? Yeah, good. Welcome up. Yeah, good to hear. Um, yeah, this is a really interesting question. I think, I think the first thing to notice is simply that this isn't really even a question that's just for Web three. I think it's like um, an interesting thing thing to think about for like all startups in general, right? So when you think back to like giants like Apple and Microsoft and how they started, is it's mostly about not just focusing on your own community and existing consumers, but also creating value that is going to be looked at and watched on a global scale. So when you look at brands in Web3, like Digidaigaku, which are going to be advertising themselves on the Super Bowl, um, we're, we're looking at that exact thing. So as soon as the the project or group or, or team or whoever's building is working really hard in order to you know, push themselves, their product, product, their NFT to the world mm -hmm. and do it in a way that provides value, you're naturally going to see the original community for that, for that ecosystem or for that particular NFT naturally, you know, come together and just like right. be more active just because everyone's so excited about everything that's being done and like being able to connect with hundreds, if not thousands of more people in that same way. Right. Yeah, here, Jim Barry. Thanks for for sharing that. Um, I, I want to remind everybody of Pokemon Go and how effective uh, it was uh, at onboarding new users. Um, and you know, I remember when Pokemon Go came out. Uh, uh, Devin and I literally ran outside of our house to go find uh, our first Pokemon. Um, and and I really think that we'll see more uh, user acquisition like that in Web three. Uh, because you can actually delight people uh, uh, in that same manner. Um, now, it doesn't all have to be physical IRL, but I, I really do think that in Web3, we're missing a trick, right? Everyone is trying to be 100% digital, uh, and we're ignoring the fact we are physical beings. Um, and I think activating through physical spaces and and reward programs and delighting like that is is, I think, a huge unlock, right? Because... Now, it, now you not only can find these fun prizes or, or rewards, but you can own them, right? They're actual assets uh, that you can trade and own and, 
and do whatever you like with. Um, so I, I think that digital asset ownership unlocked it, it, it through reward programs in IRL is I just, I'm very, very bullish on that. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And we, we have that feeling during the daily dose, right? We're, we're kind of gathering. It's, it sort of feels physically, it's like a global tentpole event. You know, uh, uh, we're either dropping clues for a game or we're dropping PO apps. There's these fun reward mechanics. Um, I, I think that will be a huge, uh, a theme in the future. So um, let's do our second nerd alert and then we'll go to speakers. It is time for the nerd alert. All right. Thanks, the voice. Um, the second nerd alert is the R customer acquisition strategy, which is AARRR. And it's a strategy used by startups to increase and activate their customers over time. So the first A is acquisition. How do you acquire your customers? The second A is activation. How do you ensure that customers are fully engaged and satisfied with your product or service? Uh, then R is retention. How do you then keep customers coming back for more? And then the another R is referral. How do you encourage customers to refer their friends and family to your business? And the final R is revenue. How do you monetize your customers and drive revenue growth? So it's acquisition, activation, retention, referral, revenue, right? Um, so it's a good tried and true uh, mechanic for acquiring uh, customers and, and growing a business. And every project uh, needs to think through these dynamics, right? Um, so uh, hopefully that was a little bit helpful. Clemente. Yeah, and I just pinned a, a little graphic for anyone that's, that's a little bit more visual. Uh, it's just pinned up top. Ryan, I, I am curious if you think that holders, if you think that holders will begin to be viewed as like, how do projects balance viewing their holders as customers versus them being their their core true fans? Because one of the things that's interesting is, for example, that that we've seen play out is when NFT projects take on VC funding in a substantial way, you almost see this dynamic change where holders are seen a little bit more as the monetizing strategy, mm. right? And and that also creates a different dynamic. So I'm just curious if, if you think that'll, or how that will play out in the future. Yeah, I think it's a line that that um, projects need to walk very carefully. Um, I, you know, like I said, that we're going to have kind of a church and state model with, with Daily Dose and, and the project we're launching where we're never going to try to monetize or extract value from all of you Daily Dosers. We, we really want it to be a long-term a genuine, stable, supportive community. Um, and, and we're going to try to offer you as much value as we possibly can. Uh, uh, we, we, I think that's really fun. <laughs> that's something that just makes me light up inside. Um, and, and then as far as monetization and, and revenue, we're going to try to drive that from the project. And, you know, some of that revenue could flow back into the Daily Dose community and support it. So I, I think a strategy like that uh, works for some. Um, I think... Others, uh, you know, I think your customer can be your loyal fan. They can be both, right? You know, if you, again, we go back to the Bulls. I, I told you yesterday, I love the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls. Um, you know, I grew up watching Michael Jordan. That's why I'm obsessed with, with Jordan's The Shoe. Like, I'm a fan and a customer of Nike, right, because of that. Um, and I'm very happy to spend my money on their products because I, I, I have an emotional connection with them as a company. And so I think some of the biggest, best brands are going to build, uh, you know, a true fan base who also happen to be customers, but it's a virtuous circle. That's not extractive, right? It, it truly is additive. Um, and that's why, you know, yesterday we talked with Frey about the tokenization of, of collectibles. Again, that feeling of, Oh, wow. I, I actually want to collect some of these things and, and I, I want to become a customer because I am a fan I think the best companies understand that their customers are real people. And if they treat them right and they take care of them, they will become loyal fans because it's a, it's a virtuous circle. Um, it, it should never be uh, weighted more one way than the other. So I feel pretty deeply about that. And that's why Web3 and, and NFTs are so exciting to me because you can actually reward your, your customers um, that are your truest fans. So um couple thoughts on that. Uh, let's go up next to John. Hey, John. Ryan, I 
love this question and I'll tell you why I love it. I love it because it drives at the heart of the tension with how many projects are set up today. Typically in this scenario, we're saying that uh, onboarding more users oftentimes for past projects is dropping a new collection and allowing more people to buy into the community. But the reason why there's tension there is I compare it to, let's say, something like the stock market, where if I buy a share in a company, their, their incentive is to go sell product and I get the upside because I'm sharing in the profits. However, with NFT projects, that's not exactly what's happening. When an NFT project is making more money or succeeding, you're, you're a secondary beneficiary insofar that more people and demand is being brought to that collection. And so I do agree with everything you and Clemente have been saying. Projects like uh, the Pudgy Penguins or the Sappy Seals, they're finding creative ways to bring attention to the project. And as a holder, you, you do get the benefit, but it's a very non- um, forceful way to bring more new users. Whereas I think of a project like Bored Apes, like imagine if Bored Apes drops a new collection and they give it to people who aren't holders, like what kind of anarchy is going to happen? So <laughs> I, I think, I think the, a lot of the future is, as you're saying, yeah, a lot of anger. And so if a project is, starts set up in a way where they're thinking of how do we onboard no, new users, as you're saying, but not have to sell a new collection or drop you know, a dilutive, dilutive product. I mean, I, I love this question, Ryan. Thanks, John. Uh, and, and drive safe. Uh, are you going somewhere super exciting? I'm going back home. I had a little sleepover. Right. So right. well, <laughs> well, that's fun. Okay. <laughs> I didn't yeah. expect you to say that. All right. Um, drive safe. Uh, it's good to have you on the show. Um, it, it, it's really interesting y'all that uh, we're, we're in this brand new world where, uh, we have uh, collectors, customers, fans, businesses, you, you know, coming together. Um, and I'll, I'll be really excited to see how this plays out. I've said this on the show before, and I'll say it again. Like, I really do think that the average project and the average NFT is overpriced. I, I really do think we need to see collections come down to accessible levels. Um, you know, you're thinking about digital collectibles, things that are fun to hold, uh, you know, talking, you know, 10, 20 bucks, a hundred bucks, like this kind of uh, feeling that you you have when you collect trading cards or, or something that's just more accessible. Uh, I really hope we, we stop hearing this generational wealth uh, meme. I, I just don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's healthy or, and I don't think it builds good communities long-term. Um, you know, yes, there's been some of those projects that worked. And if you were in you got really rich, but that that's not good long-term uh, and it's not sustainable. So um, th th I think that's where we'll see communities go long-term. Um, uh, Want to call on D3PO next. Welcome. Top of the morning, Ryan. Uh, GM. Ryan, so GM, I, uh, I grew up a brother to two sisters and a son to a Girl Scout leader. And they had a saying uh, and it went, one, uh, make new friends, but keep the old. One is silver and the other's gold. And it's to let you know that there's value in both. And I think I love that, that, and use this analogy, Ryan. So the project is the Daily Dose, right? Ryan Carson is one man and everybody has come to want to listen to you and grow with you. But now it's become the Daily Dose and that is your existing community. And you've activated them and they go out and they now onboard new participants. So I think any project can use that model and absolutely activate your community because they will become part of your project, they will become a founder in a sense, and they will bring on the new, on, they will onboard the new participants, and they will be the ones that teach them about the project, teach them about NFTs. And so there's a synergy, I think, between the, the project, the existing community, and ultimately the new participants that are brought on, then they become part of the community, and that synergy continues. Amen. I love that. Um, I grew up with three sisters, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of sisters. <laughs> Me too, big fan. You know what's funny, Ryan? You know what you realize, though? And I, and I mean this in the best way. When you have sisters, you know that when you get old, somebody's taking care of you. Somebody is taking care of you. <laughs> I, I guess. I, we're all, it's hilarious. Me and my sisters, we have a weekly call, um, and we're all taking care of each other. They're the best. Um, I, I value them so much. And, but I love that, that saying of, of, of taking care of each other. I, I think it's interesting that you know when you come into a community an nft community you naturally become uh, a net promoter 
uh, providing that the project is going well. You know, you, you own this collectible. You want to tell everyone else about it because you want them to come into the collection. It helps you because the collection becomes more valuable. There's this natural uh, net promoter effect that, that everybody begged for in Web2. Like, how do you actually get people to promote your products? And, and now people are owners of that product, right? So it, it, if it's done right, at least it's beautiful uh, dynamic, but it, it can also go bad when that, when that, uh, price goes down. So, um, uh, before we go to hands, I just want to call out some more amazing recipes y'all are sharing. Uh, so our, our question was, what's your favorite family recipe? Uh, send some photos, uh, Mao Fao, uh, M-A-U-X-F-A-U-X said spicy lemon cream chicken. Love this dish. It looks like my mouth is watering. Uh, a deft says my mommy's signature lasagna. That looks so good. Oh, I love cheese. Okay, so let's do a little poll. If you like cheese, let's see thumbs up. If you if you don't like cheese, let's see some thumbs down. I want to see where y'all stand. I'm seeing a lot of cheese lovers. Okay, let's go out to the audience. Who loves cheese? Uh, Seed loves cheese. Kizzy loves cheese. Barbie likes cheese. Okay, who doesn't? No one doesn't. Everyone seems to like cheese. I want to see some contrary opinions, y'all. <laughs> nope. Seb as long loves- as long as you don't ask about parsnips. I'll give you a thumbs up. Oh, I'm seeing one person. Manuel doesn't like cheese. Manuel, I appreciate you being honest. All right. So uh, Jot doesn't like cheese either. Okay. Good Good to have that pull out of the way. (laughs) I'm doing cheese. It's one of those things like I just so wish cheese wasn't bad for you. Like I know it's super bad for your your heart and your arteries and but wow. So, uh, you know. Someone invent cheese that's good for you. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Uh, let's go to Rick next. How's it going? Yo, what's up, Ryan? Yo, first of all, I want to talk about cheese for just a quick second. I used, oh, nice. Uh, I used to hate cheese growing <gasps> up uh, just because How- I was not exposed to like the good stuff. How can you uh, hate cheese? Are you talking like <clears throat> Velveeta or something? Yes, dude. So I was exposed. So growing up, <laughs> Mexican household, it was just like American cheese. You know what I mean? Oh, like that's about uh-oh. it. Oh, no. And then I I'm met sorry. my wife, and she kind of showed me the world of cheese. <laughs> and at first, I was like, yo, this shit smells. Not a man. <laughs> hey, and keep dude, it, G. Now, now we have uh, – sorry about that. Now we have – every time we go to Trader Joe's, we buy at least like three or four cheeses okay. every time. Okay, so, you're yeah, a cheese definitely, man. Definitely a cheese man now. <laughs> okay, uh, well, you're welcome <clears throat> on the show anytime then. Yeah, right. thank you, thank you. So, But uh, what I wanted to chime in on was uh, the topic of onboarding, and I think – this is an interesting question because, you know, from the way I see it is this, if you're a new project, um, you're better off starting off trying to bring in people from the NFT community uh, first. That way, uh, because the reason I say it is because if you try to sell your project to the mainstream right now, the, the, the market sentiment on NFTs is not the greatest. You know, people are still screaming scam, NFT scam and this thing that in the mainstream world. So the, to start the project, I think the best the best thing to do is, is tailor to the NFT audience. Once you have that project is growing and it's expanding, then you can look into expanding outside of the uh, the NFT crypto Twitter world and trying to build your brand a little bit better. The good thing about that is that now when you uh, uh, go towards the mainstream, you have an established brand, which will then help build trust in your product. Yes. Um, the drawback is that even if you, you do convince someone, hey, you know, come on over to this project. The drawback is we still have all these hurdles in place. You know, first you got to know what crypto is then you got to get a MetaMask and you got to get, uh, you got to know what your address is. And the address itself is the most ridiculous code in the world. And, uh, um, know. first time you see a wall address, you're like, what, what is that? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, dude, no one, I can guarantee no one in the audience right now knows what their wallet address is. Guarantee. Nope. No. <laughs> I, I know like the first five characters and that's right. it. <laughs> I know like the last four. Exactly. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so then that's the big thing. And so what I think was a, 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 the, the silver lining in the whole Trump NFT thing was that you were able to buy it with a credit card. And I, I think that was good onboarding because every time I've talked about projects and this and that to, you know, family and friends are like, oh, can I just buy that with a credit card? I'm like, well, no. And then, you know, that's it. You lost them. Yeah, because it's um, it's impossible to onboard. I think you're yeah. right. It's you're sort of calling that there's these phases, right, um, of onboarding your community and growing. Um, so I appreciate that, Rick. Thanks for for commenting, and I'm glad you're a cheese man. Uh, you're yeah, welcome. For sure, for welcome sure. at my house anytime. All right, um, let's keep rolling. Um, we've seen some more cheese fans out there. So for the ocean, 
uh, posted uh, an amazing pic and it says, we make the best deep dish pizza. And it's like, I'm going to lose my mind looking at that picture. Y'all it looks so good. Um, so I, I, I think it's, I, you're all going to get bored of me talking about things like Pokemon go, but, but just think about that onboarding experience, right? You wanted to collect the Pokemon, like you were running around your neighborhood, right? So that kind of onboarding could easily be done, uh, in web three. Uh, if, if we have a soft onboard for the wallet, you know, um, and I, I, I know that there's this idea of custodial versus non-custodial. I just think we need to be more realistic and say, listen, we're going to be kind of web 2.1 for a while, you know, just hang out people, calm down. It's going to be fine, you know, and then we'll slowly transition people into, uh, you know, fully custodying their own wallets and, and being truly free. It just takes time. So uh, I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, let's take, uh, one more, uh, speaker, uh, comment. Um, and then, uh, and then we'll transition to the next subject. Dem, welcome back. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for uh, having me up and asking the hard questions about cheese. Uh, I think (laughs) someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. I love this show. I'm, I'm the, I'm the person. Very brave. I wanted to make two points. One is, um, on the subject of new users versus like new, new people versus existing community. It's a, it's an interesting challenge for web three companies because you have to, go out there and find the partnerships and find the find the deals that are going to expand your IP base and your brand awareness. But then you also got to come back and, and explain it to the loyal community. It's sort of a double-edged sword of the power of the community. Uh, when the community is very activated and then you go off and, and you do something new, um, they need to understand why that new thing benefits uh, them and the reason why they joined the community. Uh, and so that's something that I really Amen. advise. Yeah, that, you know, sort of tip for founders really think about how you're going to explain that new thing to your existing crowd uh, so they get it. And, you know, we've seen some brands fail at it and we've seen some brands experiment with it and we've seen some brands be really good at it. And um, the, second one, the second thing I want to see on the subject of Pokemon Go is that, um, you know, sometimes it's really exciting technology. The technology for Pokemon Go was made by Niantic Labs and there was a different game surface for it that was a little bit more of a serious game and then it was i think it was the pokemon ip that sort of brought it over so i've been saying for a long time don't fade cute ip like you might not like a cute little character but cute is powerful so yeah that's thanks for having me yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cute is powerful. everybody likes cute uh, amen thanks dem um i, I want to quickly riff on that because I, I was thinking about the mechanics uh, be, behind the sewer pass and 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 the trial of, of Jimmy and and wh- everything that you guys doing, um, and, and it's complex, right? Like to even understand the game, you know, requires uh, an explainer video, which which they re- released, which is interesting. Um, and if you're in, you know, the board ape community, I, I bet that's exciting and interesting. You really want to spend that time. You know, to all of us outside, it's like, oh, it's, a, it's kind of another barrier to understand. I've got to figure out these rules, um, and then I've got to buy the asset. And it makes it harder to get in at that point. But but it's an interesting strategy, right? It's it's like, okay, let's go deep uh, on engaging our current community, and let's really allow them to dig in. And then if you look, you know, at our simple fun game that we're doing here, this is day two of the Daily Dose game, uh, you know, it, the story is fun. Uh, a daily doser, you know, got, got sent to the future and we got to save them. Right. And there's just, uh, they're, they're going to, you know, send one transmission a day and you got to find 12 clues. Right. That's kind of on the easy side. Like hopefully it's accessible and it's easy for everybody to get in. And I think there's a mix of both. Right. Um, and I think employing both strategies, uh, is important, but then going above it and saying, okay, well, like, how do we get on a show like, Good Morning America, um, or the Breakfast Show uh, in England, and, and and tell them about the Daily Dose community. Like, how would that happen, right? Because then you have to start thinking about a whole different level. Um, and and I, I think it, it's fun to think at those three levels. So, just some community building, uh, you know, onboarding thoughts I have. Um, we're going to rotate uh, to the next subject. We only have about fifteen minutes left in the show. Um, I really appreciate everybody posting pics of their amazing family recipes. Um, I think we should all like uh, share like a daily dose uh, uh, recipes somehow. Uh, and I'll try to, uh, I'm a terrible cook, so I'm not going to try to make any of them. Uh, Harry Houdini shared this just gorgeous picture. Uh, and Harry must be like a food photographer or something. 
uh, or uh, he or she is just ridiculously talented because this photo is amazing. It's uh, they said spare ribs for sure. Uh, damn, I miss the summer barbecues. Yum yum yum. <laughs> the really yummy picture of barbecue. All right, um, let's keep going uh, to the next subjects. Uh, it's about maturity of the market, and this kind of plays into the sewer pass, you know, uh, dooky toilety kind of hilarious uh, 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 storylines that we're talking about from Yuga. And I'm curious, you know, is the playful, sometimes crude nature that can come with Web3 something we should be worried about or embrace? Uh, we've seen Board Ape Yacht Club, for example, uh, you know, really dive into this with the Dookie Dash. And it's it's funny. And it's about toilets and poop and all sorts of funny stuff. Uh, and then, you know, we've seen some kind of weird stuff, right? We're seeing feet pics, you know, as a collection that's pumping right now. So there's just, we're just kind of all over the place here. Um, and I'm not judging or saying that's bad or good. I just think it's interesting. Um, we, I kind of laugh, you know, the daily dose community is very G rated. I like that. I think it's fun and friendly. That's kind of, that's who I am. So that's kind of who we are. Um, but my question is how do we define maturity and do we think web three, uh, needs to mature over the next 12 months or are we just going to double down and have fun? And, and that's kind of who we are and where we are. Um, let's go next. Uh, I see, uh, BioL. How's it going? What's your thoughts about maturity in web three? BioL, are you there? Nope. Lost them. I'm All right. here. Oh, here we, you're here. Hello. How's it going? Hi, how are we doing? I'm doing great. It's nice good, to see good. you guys. I've, I've taken a little break, you know, and finally coming back around and getting into the groove of things once again. Thanks for swinging by. No, no problem at all. Um, now based off of maturity in web three, I believe that, um, yeah, at the same time, there is a lot to go, considering that there is a lot of that meme culture that has transitioned um, in from cryptos originally, because there are a lot of meme coins and shit coins, um, excuse my language, um, from um, that particular culture. But uh, We'll forgive you once <laughs> after that. No. Yeah, so memes, like the meme culture is fascinating, because I think that's where a lot of this comes from. So uh, you can carry oh, on. Oh, absolutely. And actually, I feel like a... A big example of one that we currently are embracing is uh, uh, Meme Land and Nine Gag, as it's a, a huge meme company that has produced over billions of dollars. It's based in Hong Kong that is now introducing itself to the Web3 industry um, through these various projects and ecosystems, which is a very interesting thing to see because, yes, as it does still does have that meme culture, they're still providing intrinsic value in all sorts of different kinds of fashions. So it's like something that we're currently embracing, but I believe that it's something that will eventually move up. It'll still leave like some slight traces behind considering the culture that we've yep. already faced. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Meme Land is interesting because it's kind of who they are at their core, right? And it makes sense for Ray and the team to to really embrace that. Um and it's interesting to see, it's funny because y'all know I'm older, I'm 45, um, I've got kids um, that all, all they talk about is memes. And at first I just, honestly, I didn't get it. I was like, I, I just don't understand. It feels like people are making fun of each other all the time. What does it all mean? And then I, I realized like, oh, this is how we can communicate. Um, and not all memes are crude or bad or uh, are negative like actually there's a lot of fun things you can you can communicate that are delightful and funny and interesting um and 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 it'll be interesting to see as we all age like how that brings up into the into the more quote-unquote corporate world um and, and how that plays out i personally think you know we'll see more maturing uh in, in the market where communities are who they are they don't feel like they need to be funny or crude or uh, you know, to, to be interesting or grow. I mean, that's what the daily dose is. Like I've never, uh, I have no desire to make this crude or, or, or crass or, or edgy. It's just, let's make it a friendly place. And, uh, and, and, you know, you all are building this global community now and it's, it's amazing. So I think being who you are as a brand is, is more important than, than, uh, trying to lean into memes. Um, let's go next to Ibrahim. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Good morning, buenos dias, uh, Yeah, happy to be here. I think it's really funny we're talking about this. Uh, we were actually just speaking about this in the Fire First show um, with uh, with Flame. And uh, one, I would say as it relates to mass adoption, we absolutely need to mature because there are so many people that 
just don't relate. And if we're talking about more people being onboarded into the space, it's necessary. At the same time, I don't think we can fade los memes, memes, and meme culture. <laughs> los memes, I agree. <laughs> it just, it's just so uh, like synonymous with internet culture, right? And I think also there's a caveat of a lot of the liquidity um, that is generated through memes does flow back into projects that are meaningful. So don't fade it. I do think we will need to mature um, in the big picture. Love it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, Ibrahim. Appreciate it. Uh, Los memes, let's go. But let's be who we are. <laughs> let's take the space forward. Um, before I go to the next comment, I just got to read out some more of these. Uh, sorry, the next speaker, I'll read out some of these recipe comments. Uh, Palms posted this picture. It's making me just salivate. Uh, it's a, I'll just read it. It's a work family recipe, a healthy banana bread, and it's the best across cult, uh, multiple countries. I'll vouch for that. And it looks really, really yummy. Don X says, my favorite family recipe is definitely tagine. It's a traditional Moroccan dish made with meat, vegetables, and spices cooked in a clay pot. It's a staple in Moroccan cuisine, and it always brings back fond memories of family gatherings. I love it. It looks so good. I love how multicultural the Daily Dose community is and how global it is. You all just blow me away. Uh, I love hearing about um, your lives and what's going on. So please keep sharing. All right, let's go to uh, Beans. Hello. Good morning, Ryan. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing me up, my friend. Morning. Uh, I feel um, as far as like market maturity goes, it's it's pretty balanced. Um, granted, you know the age group is very wide, and the the purpose in the space that you can bring to the table is very widespread as well. You know, like people said that you have gamers, you have memers, you know, making the space fun at times. Um, but on the other side of that coin, if you do put them in the wrong crowd or the wrong place, it can be, you know, some people can view it as somewhat harmful or toxic. Um, but it's getting a lot more matured now, um, especially with a lot of these projects going down 60, 70 plus percent. Um, you got people opening up their eyes a lot more to long term projects um, and seeing a lot more uh, innovative projects coming out now. Um, and then companies from Web2 also wanting to make an impact. Um, it's starting to become a place now of more opportunity for new creators and businesses. And just specifically within those long-term communities, the the maturity is definitely more present um, than it's not. Amen. I appreciate it, Beans. Thanks. Um, it will be really interesting to see how this plays out. I, I think, you know, Web3 is going, is the internet of the future, right? So every type of human that we have on earth is going to be represented in Web3 at some point. So uh, embracing different communities and who they are uh, is important. We're absolutely not, you know, one culture here um, and, and one thing. So it'll be fun to see uh, uh, more folks be able to enter space and, and, and build a community that they want, um, not the one they think they want. Um, all right, let's keep going. Uh, got a couple more comments. Uh, let's go next to thy nemesis. Hopefully you're not my nemesis. Are you there? No, no, I'm not. I'm not your nemesis now. Okay, I appreciate that. Phew, I'm good. Welcome. Um, I, I personally think the maturity in in the Web three space is going to get smaller. Like people in our age group, it, we're going to get faded out in the space. Especially the more decentralized applications that come out, where the kid, the younger and the younger the kids are, can have you know do everything that changes their personal information and everything like that. So I think the old people in the space are going to get faded out and the maturity is going to get younger and younger and younger. Interesting. I, I think we're, I think we're dinosaurs in the space. <laughs> I think we're dinosaurs. Honestly, I don't yeah. think none of I, from the gaming and everything. I don't think none of it's built for us. Uh, I can, I can see that y'all. Um, and uh, it's interesting because, you know, as I talked to founders like, uh, you know, Luca Nets at Pudgy, uh, he, he reminded me when we were just driving around and hanging out, he's like, I've never not had a phone. Like it's literally, you know, I was born, you know, when phones existed and that's obviously not what happened to me. I got my first cell phone in college. So it's like, wow, this is fascinating to see this change so quickly. And then you look at our kids, our kid kids, right. And it's going to be fascinating to see it play out. So, um, I, I, I think, I think something's happening from the daily dose account. Radio transmission. 
Daily Dose community. If you're out there and you're able to see my tweet from yesterday, I was able to put a new tweet out. Please help. Without the help of the smartest community in Web3, the Daily Dosers, I think I'll be stuck here forever. Please help. Oh, my God. Y'all, we need to team up. We need to come together. We got to help the Daily Doser. They're trapped. And, uh, uh, and, and I, they can, they figured out how to access our Twitter account in the future. And they've just sent a picture. Uh, and in that picture, there's a clue. Um, so, so team up, help each other, figure it out. Um, I really hope we can figure out that clue. Uh, there's, there's going to be 12 clues, I believe over the next 12 days. Um, and, uh, the winner who figures them all out will get a guaranteed allow this spot to the project. So let's get that daily doser back. And there's a fun reward if you can figure it out. So good luck. Uh, and, uh, we have fun. So let's keep going. Um, I've got a couple more comments, uh, on the subject of maturity in web three. Uh, and then, uh, we'll close out the show and, and, um, give you all a big hug kicks. Welcome. How you doing? Good morning, Ryan. Uh, I'm glad to be here again. Uh, I think last memes are extremely important in this ecosystem. Um, you have so many projects that are trying to provide so much value. You have so so many projects that are trying to make like crazy games. You know, They're trying to to build their ecosystems. And then on the other hand, you have these meme projects that are flipping them out like crazy, like mfers, like um, like the go- like Goblin Town, right? And it's kind of crazy to see how projects that became a meme are so much more valuable well they're so much more expensive than these projects that are trying to provide so much value um so at this moment i would say you have to find a project has to find a balance between providing value to their ecosystem and you know um making sure that they also target a meme community i also think it's really important to use memes because if you look at like someone like elon musk he used so (laughs) many memes gosh he's Uh, prolific (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But he used the, his memes for a reason, right? Like they True. work. They do. So, yeah, they do yeah. work. It, it's interesting. You're right. You have to embrace the fact that uh, you you are in an attention battle, um, that we're in an attention economy. And, um, you know, we talk about this on the show all the time. Uh, we are an attention economy. It's an attention war. Um, if you want to win and be relevant, you have to figure out how to gather people's attention. Um, and, uh, I, I think it's interesting kicks your point out. There's a couple ways you can do that. You can provide value. You can also provide, uh, uh, entertainment and, uh, feelings, right. And they're both actually important. Um, uh, you know, if, if, if we just had a show full of information, uh, I, I don't think the daily dose would be what it is, right? Actually, I was, I was talking, you know, on this podcast I was on yesterday, um, I said there's an interesting difference between a podcast that is for information purposes and a live uh, audio space, which is about community. You know, I listen to many podcasts on 1.5x. I just want to extract value as fast as I can, right? Um, give me the information uh, and let's go, right? And and what's interesting is that's just not what we do here. Like, what is the difference and why? Um, uh, so. I, I, I think that there's a, a massive difference. And if someone's trying to be information value, uh, that's one thing. If you're trying to build community, that's a different thing. Um, they can be combined, but people should understand the difference. Um, Clemente, I see your hand. Sorry, I was muted. Yeah, real quickly, I'll add, I just pinned a tweet up top, is that uh, research came out that in 2022, uh, a bunch of different stats around podcasts have been on the decline, right? And and uh, it, it, based on what you were saying, maybe that this uh, new way of building community versus just trying to extract as much value will be something that uh, will we might see take hold of more in the future, but just wanted to really quickly jump uh, and add that in. Yeah, absolutely. I always, when I get invited to be on podcast, I'm like, can we just do it as a Twitter space, please? <laughs> Let's just, because it's more fun, honestly, but um, kind of interesting to, to see that play out. Um, we are almost out of time. Uh, uh, why don't, um, Dem, if you can make it fast, we'll squeeze you in. Yeah. Brands want to create emotion through storytelling and comedy and fun is a great emotion and easy to evoke. So maturity is not the same as being funny. And immature, being immature is not the same as being funny. You got to find a way to like be comedic and be funny if that's in the DNA of your brand. 
You meet a guy like Threat Amen. Guy or like K-Money. They're young, they're funny, but they're not immature. Like when you talk to them one-on-one in person, they're not immature. They totally know what they're doing. Amen. So yeah, Gosh. comedy versus immaturity. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, immature does not equal funny. Uh, it can, but um, it actually takes a lot of intelligence to be funny. Um, so I appreciate you pointing that out, Dem. Uh, y'all, I had a blast today hanging out with you. Um, thank you so much for spending your hour with us. It means the world to me and the team. Um, and we're just going to keep working our booties off to to bring you value and connect you and educate you and, and support you. So thanks for being here. Um, please help that daily doser. That I believe that tweet can only exist for 60 minutes. So there there's, there's limited time. Um, so, and it's a hundred percent fun for you all to get together in chat groups and try to figure out the clue. Uh, just don't, uh, if you figure out the clue, just don't spread it. Um, so, uh, have fun. Uh, hope you enjoy the game. Um, uh, thanks Clemente for your help as always. Uh, have a safe flight back. Uh, and we'll see you on the other side. Uh, Mintify, lucky trader. Uh, thanks for your support as always. The voice, thanks for chiming in. Uh, and all you speakers, thanks for being here and all you listeners and all of you community members. Thank you. Uh, so much for being here. Uh, let's let's uh, take us out with some more tunes, Clemente. Let's do it. Right. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Let's go. Oh, thanks. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's take it away with some Daft Punk.